All right, episode one with Sean from Australian Eagle. This is a fantastic chat and there's one of those moments in which I was just absolutely so thankful that the recording was still actually going on because there were some real nuggets that Sean had. Thanks again, Sean, for it. Let's get into it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me here on the first of six series of the Paradigm Professional Series. Uh, I'm so excited to have Sean Zaquera here with us today. Sean's the Chief Investment Officer of the Australian Eagle Investment Fund. Um, within Paradigm, we've recently gone through uh, basically a beauty parade, looking at all of the different providers that we can get our, our hands on. And uh, Sean was the winner. So he has been selected to look after our Oz Equities portfolio based on an amazing track record. Um, he's been with Australian Eagle for the last 15 years and Sean thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. I hope uh, that that beauty parade was a result of our performance and process and not necessarily me because I feel sorry for everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have seen the person that came third. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Sean, I like to, uh, we're going to get pretty deep in terms of um, the investment world and your views about investment markets. But if I wanted to kick off um, this series by asking the question, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Oh, okay. Um, uh, nothing, actually. I tend not to have breakfast. I, I usually do uh, a 16 8 diet, which is fasting for uh, 16 hours and eating a, in a, only an hour, eight hour window. It's something I picked up uh, about four or so years ago. So it's, uh, I've been doing it for a little while. So I have, tend to have black coffee um, prior to lunch. Do you find that, is that, is that a performance management thing? Do you find that makes you perform better? Uh, a couple of things. Uh, I do tend to uh, have a little bit more focus now in the morning. Uh, and the other thing is I, I did read though of you know, scientific health benefits to it including um, uh, there, were, there was a study in, out of, uh, out of uh, Oxford that suggests that uh, you, you create a greater number of synapses in your brain uh, while, you're, while you're actually uh, fasting. Mm -hmm. Now, whether that's true or not, I want every chance <laughs> to get a number, a number of synapses increases. So um, it's, it's, you know, I, I tend to find it works better for me. Yeah, very good. Um... I, yeah, I'm, I'm also on that as well, and I, I have a feeling like there'll be a number of other people that will be talking about on this on this podcast as they come out. So I just guess if I said look inward for the moment, what would be one of the most worthwhile investments that you've ever made personally, whether it's into a business or an opportunity or yourself? Yeah, it's I've had uh, a number of uh, things that you know people would say I've had a great investment here. I've had a, I've picked this stock, but probably the most worthwhile thing I've done was I moved to uh, what was then called Aleron and now Australian Eagle. It's, uh, we changed our name. Uh, and that move was, uh, required me to take a very large pay cut, almost 60 or uh, 60 odd percent. Really? Uh, and part of that, uh, what I got in return was uh, I got, a true mentor, which is Albert Hung, who is one of the founders uh, of uh, Australian Eagle. And, and he, he said to me, if you come and work with us, I can't pay you as much, but I will teach you how to be an investor. And at the time, I was an analyst. Being an analyst versus being an investor is vastly different. 
is vastly different. What's the difference? And uh, he was key in uh, in actually in in my decision. And uh, the main reason is that he did things differently to the to the market. What's the difference between being an analyst and an investor? There is uh, quite the, it, it. It is actually it's. It's the difference, but most business people would know this. If most people who, I'm sure some of your clients have owned businesses in the, in the past. They know that, uh, that when you own the business, when you actually have money in the business, the decisions uh, that you make are actually, they actually mean a lot more to you. It's not just a case of, of putting the numbers down, oh, look, the numbers make sense. There is actually more to it than that. There's, to actually make the decision is vastly different to sitting there with, with a piece of paper and having, having all of the numbers worked out for you and you say, oh, look, the numbers say to do it. Then you actually have to pull the trigger. Now, that is a different prospect. When you're actually an investor, there is a psychological component to what you are doing. You actually have to, you're, once you've bought something, once you've bought a stock, you are in it. It's not just a bunch of, it's not just a piece of paper or, or a spreadsheet in front of you with moving numbers. There's an actual, there's a, there's a different component to it. There's a feeling about it. You have to, have to actually overcome that. You actually have to work with that uh, to be able to, uh, to continue to, to adjust and recognise what you are doing and be able to improve what you're doing. So for someone who's watching this podcast right now, um, what would you say would be like, who has no idea about the financial markets or the financial world, what would you describe the job of an analyst if in four or five bullet points versus... An analyst? Yeah. An analyst is to bring together all the information on a, on a, on a stock or on a company. And we, we tend to call them companies, not necessarily stocks. The stock is the thing that trades. What we are looking at is the company behind that stock. When you buy the share, uh, a, a, a share in that, uh, in that company or you buy the stock, it's a share in the company. So an analyst will bring together all the information that relates to that company. From our perspective, he'll, uh, he actually, we'd, we'd love to have a she in the company. Unfortunately, we don't have, we, we have in the, in the past. Um, but uh, he or she will bring to the, the chief investment officer or the portfolio manager all the information on that company, uh, all the relevant information uh, that, uh, that is important to our process uh, and give a recommendation. It is up to the portfolio manager or the chief investment officer or in what I said earlier, the investor, <laughs> the final investor, to say, yes, we will invest or no, we will not. That is a, that's a, a big jump from just putting together the information. The information might be putting, put together uh, a spreadsheet which gives you the valuation of that company. That gives you a number that says, is there upside in this or not? It doesn't tell you uh, what, what are the assumptions, what are the, what's the information that goes into building that. So that's, a, that's a quite an important uh, uh, difference there. between the two. Sure. You're sitting there as, as the chief investment officer, you've got this information brought to you and you're the one that's about to pull the trigger on this or not. And all that information is publicly available. So every other fund manager around has access to the same information. Absolutely. Correct? Yeah. Absolutely. So everyone else, so yeah, so everyone else has the same information that you do. 
Now, it could be put together in different ways. It could be cut up in different ways, but you're the one who actually will be like, you know what, we're making this choice because of X. Yes, that is true. What we do and why, I said earlier, I went with, uh, I changed uh, from where I was uh, and uh, started with Albert, is I had worked with him in the past and I realised that he... Uh, looks at things a little bit differently to everyone else. And we systematise that at Alaron. What we found was that over the many years that he had been investing and outperforming, um, he focuses on a particular aspect of the company. First thing is we want to find quality companies that have either a long track record or a, or a good position in their market that will result in significant growth. The next thing that you want is what in that company, and this is the big difference that we will focus on, is what in that company is changing mm. that will result in a significant change in their growth profile or their competitive advantage. In that, in that regard, we are focused entirely upon this change. Everyone else in the market will be looking at, you know, what are the earnings given the business right now? What are the earnings going to be in the next, next few years? And we, we do it a discounted cash flow and we say, oh, is this cheaper than that? No, we will look at is what is changing. And as a result, can we see uh, an increasing growth profile? Because when something is changing in the market, the market finds it very difficult to get a handle on that change. They tend not to value it unless it's, it's, it's almost behind them. Our yeah. whole focus uh, in our process is trying to uh, pick up on that change and, and, uh, and track it through time. If the company is, is uh, progressing in according with our uh, expectations of that change taking place, then we expect to get an outsized return. We tend to buy stocks uh, that, that are at a fair value given the current business. And what we want to have is that change almost sits like a free call option or a free option on the top. Yeah. So can you give us any examples of ones that you looked at recently or, or, um, or is, is there any stocks that come or, or companies that come to mind where, where you've, you've identified that change, you've seen it happen and also you've seen it not happen and you've had to, had to take action on that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, uh, I must say uh, that there's, we probably, and this is probably one of the big misconceptions in, uh, in the market, one of the big misconceptions that, that we find, a lot of people will say is, uh, is uh, as long as you get more, more of your uh, calls right than wrong. And that would suggest that you get 51% of your calls of your investments are correct. In our, in our case, actually more than 50% of our investments are wrong. Uh, in answering your question, do we have, uh, you know, uh, what, are the, what are the instances we've had at... Uh, had it correct and what it is we've had it wrong. We've actually had more wrong than right. It's not the, it's not the ones, it's not the number that you get correct. It's how much conviction you have in that. Mm. So we'll, we'll build, we'll have, take a small position in a, in a, in a stock that we believe is undergoing this change and we'll take 1% of the portfolio. Mm. That way, if we are wrong and we don't have confirmation of our change taking place, then we can get out and we haven't hurt the portfolio. 1% of the portfolio is not, not that, not that much. We don't want to get anything wrong. But when we get things right, that's when you get outside, out, outsized 
um, returns. And what you find is that um, we will start small and build it. And for example, when we bought, we bought many years ago, we bought, uh, we bought Seek. Uh, and Seek had gone through a big, big growth period. And uh, during the GFC, it had come off uh, very strongly and was trading very similarly to what it uh, listed at. What we found was that a stock uh, might be cheap, yeah. but it will stay that way unless something changes. And what changed was that they were uh, they had bought an extra fifty percent in their uh, in their online learning business. And what we could see was that we were getting a good growth business, which was still growing, uh, and a good quality business. They had the, the best the best position in their market. But on top of that, we were getting this new learning business, which we thought could be as large as the, as the uh, Australian, at the time they only really had the Australian business, of their classified, online classified business. Mm. It was like having uh, this online classified business at a fair price, if not even cheap at that point in time, that was growing at above market. So you're going to get a good return out of that. But you got a free learning business on the top of that mm. opportunity for significant upside beyond what the market was expecting. And that's the difference. That's the key things that we will be looking at. Uh, a time when that hasn't worked is, uh, is we had Qantas at one stage when they were looking to break up the business. Um, we had uh, our whole focus was entirely upon, was entirely upon uh, we wanted a, a, a access to uh, the freight business. That really? freight business, they had, they owned Star Trek Express and they owned uh, Qantas Freight, right? Um, that we thought was very much undervalued within the structure because they had a competitive advantage in that we had, they had the planes which were going all around the place. They could utilise that and get a much bigger competitive advantage against, at the time, toll. Mm. Why would I, why? And if, if uh, Qantas was on single digit PEs, Toll was on 18 plus times. Can you just explain uh, what, what a, what a PE ratio is or price? Oh, sorry. Uh, price earnings. So the smaller the, um, the, smaller, uh, the price earnings means that each dollar of earnings that are coming out of the company is valued uh, a lot less than that of a higher PE company. So, a bank, so it's relatively cheap. So, for example, a, a bank stock, they normally have a PE ratio of around, is it about seven to eight? Is that right? Oh, at the moment, yes, but <laughs> in, like, historically, it's about 11 to 12. Um, and the market itself, it's usually below that of the market, 14 to, um, to 16. Uh, I say 14 to 16. Um, it did, 14 has been, 14.7, I think, has been the very, very long, long-term track record of the, of the uh, price-earnings ratio of the whole market. Which means, so for example, a higher price earnings ratio means the market expects that the company is going to perform greater. So, for example, an Uber or a, or a, a, start, a tech startup has virtually no earnings and a massive price. Um, while, say, for example, I, I, maybe, a, maybe a Sydney airport or something like that would have a much lower um, expectation. This is my view. Maybe correct me if I'm wrong there. No, no, that's uh, that's uh, pretty close. That's that's pretty much it. It's pretty much it. I, I probably wouldn't have used uh, Sydney Airport, but relative to the tech stocks, that's uh, that's uh, uh, quite correct. Um, what you're looking for uh, uh, usually it's growth businesses. 
uh, businesses that are growing very strongly have a, have a higher PE, uh, price earnings, uh, than, a, uh, a, than a, an established low growth company. Mm-hmm. Um, they usually have a lower, P, a lower um, uh, price earnings ratio, it's called. Sure. Um, so that, uh, I was getting to uh, Qantas with regard to what, what we got wrong, is that uh, they were going to, we wanted access to, this, um, to the freight business, which we thought had a competitive advantage, would have been cheap, we would have sold the rest once they broke up. Uh, what actually happened was that uh, two things, was that they didn't break up the business so that was the whole reason to to be in the company so we ended up selling it the other thing that we didn't know was that uh at the time um Qantas and, a, and quite a few other airlines around the world were actually in a in a bit of a cartel I don't know if everyone remembers that but um uh the the freight the freight uh, uh earnings themselves were probably not believable as a result and uh subsequently fell away uh so really those things we you just get them wrong sometimes but most importantly, as I said earlier, is that we don't, we don't make large positions when, we, when we're looking to enter the stock. Only when we get confirmation of, of our particular changes taking place, we mm-hmm. increase the weight. And with our, with our um, uh, SIC uh, uh, example earlier, we went from 1%, built it up as they built that learning business, as they built and then they started building other businesses on top of the Australian business and Australia kept growing very strongly. Uh, we ended up at one stage having a, a, a 6% position in the portfolio, which is our maximum position. Mm-hmm. We don't have larger than 6% uh, unless there's a, um, uh, the index weight of the stock is, is larger than that because you can get, uh, you can get hurt by not having that, uh, that weighting. But in uh, 6%, we tend to say, is the largest position. That uh, benefited, benefited us greatly. And reduces our risk in the portfolio by uh, by building it up as we get confirmation that's how you get conviction when you're making the right call and it's and it's confirming your your thesis you get conviction and you're not adding too much risk there is risk there's always risk but you're not adding too much you're slowly building it up Mm, okay so sean one of the questions i wanted to ask you was um what's your view on I mean, I have, to, I have to raise the view on an, an index approach versus the active manager conversation because it, there's never been a greater rotation into index-only index um, funds and off the back of some, some quite impressive uh, performance for yourself, what's your view on it and what would, you, what would you be doing if you were an average investor looking to make, a, let's say, a five- to ten-year investment? If you have a good long-term horizon, which is plus five plus years. As you said, uh, it, it's very important to have, from our perspective, we have a long-term horizon, even in our investments. And in that regard, you can actually focus on the companies you want in the portfolio that you believe from an underlying business perspective have the competitive advantage, um, the growing markets and the, the management to, succeed, to take advantage of those two things. You don't, at an index fund level, you have companies within your portfolio that you necessarily don't even believe in. You, you don't even think will, will actually um, excel in this market or may even go backwards. Well, what's the point? From our perspective, we want companies that we think will be bigger 
in the future than what they are now. And that is probably the be all and end all. Why have something that you don't particularly believe in, in your portfolio? And that's it. Well, I think the, uh, the, the, the response to that is, is that the market is supposed to be efficient and the market itself is supposed to figure out what, um, what companies are good and what are not. And those that are, do well are, are, are a larger portion of the index and those that are not so well, they drop off. What's, what would you be your response to, to, to say somebody who said something like that? I, I must say that, uh, uh, as I said earlier, we like to, to focus on things that are, that are changing within a company. Uh, the market is very good at pricing all of the information that is available right now that everyone knows about. And I, can, and I know from talking to analysts and, and I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of, maybe a lot of your viewers know from talking to a, a, lot, of, a lot of the brokers and the analysts from those brokers, will they'll tell you that um, we value everything that, uh, that we know about the company right now. Uh, they don't tend to forecast too far out. They will forecast, they'll look for the earnings over the next six months. Uh, and if you're focused on the long-term, long-term wealth accumulation, you want to make sure that the trend in the company or the changes that they're making will benefit them over the long term. Okay. Uh, earnings over the next six months are not going to cut it. From our perspective, the only thing we will look at in terms of the earnings is, sure, we'd like it to be, uh, you know, upgrades or, as people say, an upgrade is, is be better than expectations, mm -hmm. than current expectations. But more importantly, we want to say, are the earnings, are what the company is telling us in that earnings result in line with how we think the company is changing to improve over the next three years? That's the most important part. It's, mm. it's almost like an intangible from, from the numbers. You can't see it there, but you can see it underneath. Does it line up? It might be a particular, um, it might be just a particular division in the company. Does that line up with our thinking? And if that is the case, I'm happy to sit through a, a, a result which is in line with the market, not an outperforming, you know, not an outperforming result. If I know that the results are telling me in the next two to three years, this thing will be a lot larger and they haven't provided me any downside risk as a result of those earnings. That's very, very simply what you're looking for. I know I, you can simplify these things a, a lot, but I must say that we try and be as simplistic as possible because once you complicate things, there is a lot more things to go wrong. <laughs> so, sure. so, I mean, we've been talking about, we, when we were having our pre-call uh, in the lead up to this, we, you were talking about your views towards the CFA exam. So being a certified financial analyst is basically the gold standard of a chief investment officer. It's a, it, correct me if I'm wrong, is it an eight hour exam or a seven and a half hour exam? No, no, oh, yeah, I'd hate for it to be eight hours. <laughs> I think it runs over seven hours. There's a one hour break in between. Um, so it's a, it, uh, it's an all day thing. You get one, when I did it, you got one shot a year for three years. Um, so you studied for the whole year and you get one exam, uh, one six hour uh, exam, which lasts, you know, with that, in, uh, plus a one hour break in between. Uh, and it was, it, it, it was very much, um, self-directed right up until the exam. So you have no help. You have no, no, uh, no outside uh, influence. No, no classes to go to. They give you the information. They said, and uh, and go off and do the exam. So um, it was. It, it is uh, considered somewhat globally as a, as 
I suppose, the gold standard in, in post-university uh, studies at, or professional studies, similar to a CA or a chartered accountant studies. It's like a professional exam. Uh, it comes out of the US. So basically, it's the, 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 sole, the sole purpose of that is to teach someone to value a business. Uh, yes, uh, it, it teaches you. It's supposed to be, um, in terms of financial uh, analysis, it teaches you, it's supposed to teach you, I say supposed to, um, it uh, teaches you uh, the fundamentals of investment, I suppose. Uh, uh, in terms of doing a CFA, I did it very early in, in my career, actually, uh, uh, in the early, well, I think it was 2000, uh, mm -hmm. the year 2000, I did it. Uh, and I remember my uh, Albert, uh, he was my boss then, uh, Albert uh, and became my mentor. Uh, he said to me, uh, now that you've done your CFA, um, uh, I'll teach you how to be an investor. Forget all that. <laughs> he, goes, he, goes, he said, uh, most importantly, he said, uh, you must, that's the fundamentals. That's the basics. That's your, your foundation. On top of that, you must build. Otherwise, you'll be, you'll be just like everyone else. No one wants to be just like everyone else. If you want average returns, that's fine. But what I want to show you and what I want to teach you is something that, uh, that has produced returns and is a process that we believe um, and has actually over the last 15 years has shown that uh, can produce consistently. Um, and it is all about finding those changes, finding good businesses that you want to be part of for, for years. So I feel like, you know, if I'm an average investor, I, I, I'm, I'm not aligned with any business whatsoever, but I've got a Comsec account or an E-Trade account or, or a Robinhood account like everyone seems to be talking about. And I can just click and buy stocks as much as I wanted, but I'm competing against someone like you. Uh Oh, well, I suppose it, I'd hate to think that it is a zero sum game. Hopefully, you know, as, as companies grow, uh, everyone can benefit. But you are correct. You are competing. The only difference, and I would say, and maybe this is me being a little bit humble, is that we try to see ourselves, we, and very importantly, we do this on purpose. We say to each other quite often is that we are no better than anyone else in the market. We can't be, we are no better. As people, we're no better than anyone else. We're not smarter than anyone else. The only thing we do is we focus 100% on what we do every day, day in, day out, even actually, uh, uh, you know, the portfolio manager and myself, even aftermarket, we'll be talking to each other, even through the night, we'll be emailing each other because we'll be looking at uh, different, um, uh, different things that are going on in overseas markets and how they might implicate, uh, in, uh, might be, uh, might, might there be implications on our market? But we are 100% focused on it throughout the whole day. More importantly, we have a process and we are 100% focused on that process. It's different to everyone else. I don't know what all the other managers are doing. They have their own process. We have ours. Ours has worked over many, many years. And if you're focused only on the things that you do very well, and you, and more importantly, you love it. We love it. We, we absolutely, that's the whole reason why we do what we do. We love what we do. If you truly, if that is the true reason why you're doing it, you will be quite good at it. Mm. And the process has, has proven to work. That's the only difference. I, I'm not, uh, you know, everyone else can, can do it. 
they find their own process or whatever it is, it is, it is very, very difficult to remain um, very, very structured, very focused all the time. And that's really what it is. It's, there's nothing, no secret, there's no, no secret source. I must say that uh, we, we have found something that works, which is this change argument. Yeah. And I've mentioned it many times, but that is really our, that's our, that's our key difference. So just, just for some context for that person who, who's watching, wondering what, what we're talking about, a zero-sum game is, is, a, is basically a coin flip, which is a heads, you, heads I win, tails you lose, and, and t- or heads you, you win, I lose. So it basically, yeah. it's, it's a net transfer, uh, yeah. and maybe there might, might be some transaction costs in the middle. So actually, over time, we both lose. Um, that, that would be a zero-sum game. But <laughs> Yes. What you're suggesting is that, that actually it's, it's a, the pie gets bigger whilst we... I'm hoping that that is, that is the case. And that's, you know, historically, 100, 120 years, the market has returned 7, 7.6% per annum or something like that. Australia is the second or third best market in the world over 100, since 1900. So the Australian market is a good place to be. Mm. And uh, when we do, when you do consider uh, our performance, then if, you, if people do look at our website... Uh, what you want to make sure is that our returns uh, uh, beat the market over the long term. And as, as, you, as you would know, if people do look, we have beaten the market um, over 15 years uh, since, our, since Australian Eagle and Aileron was created um, by over 4%, actually about 4.4% per annum uh, over 15 years. It's a very yeah, difficult thing to do. 11, 11% per annum. Yeah, a, a return of around 11 11% per annum. Uh, and uh, it is actually a very difficult thing to do. And all that I can say is that we focus on our process. That's the only thing that has brought us uh, that return. Yeah. I just want to keep an eye on time. Um, so yeah. if I can throw some rapid fire questions at you. <laughs> no problem. Um, what are the books that have most influenced you in the last five years? Influences, uh, I'm sure that there's many. I tend not to remember too many of them because I, I read them once and give them away. But the one that's, that uh, I've probably uh, bought and actually gifted to other people, which is it's probably more, uh, it probably means that I've, it's had an influence, is Principles by Ray Dalio, which is a, a brick, I can tell you. It's a very large book. <laughs> it was a hardcover, that one. Um, another one is called um, uh, The Hour Between dog and wolf uh and that was by john coates and that's about that's the about the physiology of risk and it's a it's he's a it's a neurological perspective on the physiology of how taking risks or winning affects you affects your body and your hormones which then feed back up into your brain and and uh, results in different um decisions that could be made and how to actually uh, recognize and potentially control that and also very importantly um, how women have a better handle on it which is which is actually quite quite interesting for me I, I, I took that to my wife and she was thoroughly pleased but um, <laughs> the other one was uh, is, uh, is probably a more health book it's uh, the perfect health health diet by Paul Jaminet. it's a more scientific uh, book on, on on diet it's it probably guided my um, my uh, sixteen eight thing. So great. All right. Um, is okay. So I've just hit off those couple of points that I, that I really did want to talk to. 
Um, I, I'd say if, if there was one thing that you'd want to say to, to the viewer who'd be watching this going, trying to get a little bit more information from you, or if they'd, if they'd sort of wanted to get your view on it, what, what, what would you leave in a, a parting word or a parting word of wisdom? Ooh, um, I, I probably mentioned it uh, earlier, is there's probably a couple of things. One is do what you love and love what you do. Otherwise, you'll do it badly. Uh, that that's uh, that I can tell works. You you tend to you tend to actually dig deeper into things and and try and improve yourself when you really like uh, when you really love what you do. That's an easy one, and I'm probably sure it's it's cliched. The more important thing that I think is it, that that I've learned over many years is that you can learn from everyone. Everyone, people that you think you can't learn from or that you think are, t are, are terrible. They're the ones you want to take the lesson from. Really? It's what not to do. Mm. More importantly, most importantly, you learn from those that you don't like, that you, don't, that you think are, are negative. You learn what not to do. And that, I think, is, 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 is very important. That's fantastic. Well, look, we'll wrap it up there. So if, one, if someone wanted to, to find you, um, the website is australianeagle.com.au. Is that Aust right? Eagle, A-U-S-T, eagle.com. Uh, and uh, that's uh, uh, that has you know our returns and and a broad outline of what we do and all of our team. We have six people in in our team. Uh, and uh, if you'd like on LinkedIn, I'm I'm there. Uh, you can see you publishing content. Yeah, we are publishing our content, and uh, and uh, I think that's about it. Uh, I hope uh, and I'm happy to. Happy to take calls and, and emails from people. I'll do my best. <laughs> so um, if the, the, the investment opportunity that you guys run is unique and we have made the choice to do it for our clients. So um, for, for those clients who would be interested in, in investing with you, um, the opportunity is via Paradigm, which is, which is an opportunity that we're very excited with. And um, this is, a, this is a, an ongoing relationship that, that I'm really looking forward to, to continuing to forge. Um, and I think that's it. Thanks for your time, Sean. I really appreciate no, thank it. You. And I think Paradigm too. There's no other way that retail clients can actually get to our long-only portfolio. At 15, it's really, it's it's open to uh, Paradigm at the moment and uh, large uh, uh, super fund institutions. So the, the, the very large ones. So um, I really do thank Paradigm for making it available to the retail, uh, retail um, uh, investor. It's, uh, it's really important to us that uh, the final investor get a good, get uh, at a very good, at a very good rate, uh, get it, get uh, access to our portfolio. Right, John. Thanks so much. I look forward to to our next chat, uh, and and hopefully we can broaden it from here. Ah, oh, thank you. Nice to speak to you. Thanks, John. Bye.